If Buildings Could Talk is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. If Buildings Could Talk, what would they say? What does the building stand for, literally and figuratively? Hear the stories behind our buildings and how the design of these places positively impacts the lives of individuals and the success of our city. Welcome to If Buildings Could Talk, hosted by John Commison and Kelly Thompson. When you talk to our children, they can talk in beautiful, eloquent paragraphs about their feelings, their thoughts, their analysis of information. So it's a case of what I've often termed as undereducation. It's not that our students are incapable of learning. They have not had the resources and the quality educators that they need to be successful. If Renaissance West Dean Academy building could talk, it would say, and it would repeat the Audre Lorde quote that is on the wall, when I dare to be powerful, to use my strength in the service of my vision, then it becomes less and less important whether I am afraid. That's what is coming out of our walls, exuding out of our walls every day. It's a state-of-the-art building. They have, it has features and technology that our students may not understand yet, but the building is saying, if you dare to use your power for the strength of your vision, then this will come to you. You will not only come to understand the technology and the possibilities, but you will be able to produce the technology and live the possibilities. If the building could talk, it would say, I'm possibility, I'm opportunity, and I am community. Renaissance West STEAM Academy is a pre-K through eighth grade school that is part of an innovative neighborhood redevelopment initiative aimed at improving economic mobility and ending intergenerational poverty. We'll learn firsthand what happens when a community, a school principal, and students work together to pursue success. Hey everybody, I'm Kelly Thompson. And I'm John Commison. And we're your hosts for If Buildings Could Talk. Today, we'll be learning about the Renaissance West STEAM Academy, a pre-K through eighth grade school here in West Charlotte. This school is such an integral part of an innovative collaborative community centered on quality housing, education, health, wellness, and opportunity. And I'm so excited for the guests that we have here with us. Everyone heard from our first two guests at the top of the episode with their thoughts on what the school would say. Stacy Clark is the principal of Renaissance West STEAM Academy and Mac McDonald is the chief executive officer of the Renaissance West Community Initiative. Principal Clark, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about the overall mission of the school and how that relates to kind of the broader community? The mission of the school is to end generational poverty through quality education. So that's not different from any other school, but what makes it different here at Renaissance West is that we're working with a community partner. Every school that I've worked in in the past almost 20 years has had that challenge of, we can change a lot in six hours during the day with academics, but then our scholars go home 
to parents that are still struggling to find jobs, to find good food and have wraparound services, all the things that they need. So we're very special and very blessed at Renaissance that we are able to work with someone like Mac McDonald, who helps us by facilitating all of those wraparound services, all those additional needs. So we can focus on academics and then he can help us with jobs, training, um, healthcare, all of those other things that our scholars need in order to be successful. We introduced the school as a STEAM mm-hmm. academy. And so it follows the STEAM curriculum. I'm not sure that everyone necessarily will be familiar with what that is. Can you talk a little bit about how that is different from a traditional pre-K through A curriculum? The acronym STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math. And it is a focus. I I think in in today's world, every school touches on STEAM. That's just a part of of good quality education. But our focus is on STEAM. So we're making sure that that's embedded and integrated in all of our lessons on a regular basis. Um, So we really try to provide our scholars with opportunities to see how these STEM careers are a part of our daily lives so that they grow up in that world. So when it's time to reach out for a job, they have technology skills. They know what coding is. They they know um, basic engineering techniques. So they are very marketable and ready. How do the students react to that? Do they embrace it fairly, fairly well? Yeah, kids think it's absolutely fun. (laughs) We do things like Digital Learning Day, where we have robots come in, different organizations uh, partner with us to show us the technology and how it's actually incorporated in daily use. And um, we have a couple of classes here, um, continuing uh, technology classes, where scholars get to program um, technology and make robots do different things and do coding to build games. And these are all things that they do every day. They play these wonderful games and now they're learning, oh, this is the magic behind how you make it happen. So I had I had a follow-up for you, Stacy. Um, you did mention some some professionals coming in to interact with the students. Is that something you're able to do on a fairly regular basis? Well, remember our school is only four years old. This is our fourth year, and unfortunately, this fourth year has largely been spent in remote learning, so we haven't had very much interaction with our community partners this year. Um, In the past, we had, for the past two years, we had Digital Learning Day. It was one day in February. Our um, CTE um, educational classes happen every day, and that's required of every middle school student. They get a dose of that daily. Our elementary school students get it through the science curriculum. We have a fabulous science facilitator, um, Ms. Cindy Dye, who came to us this year, and she really works hard with our K-5 scholars to integrate this in their daily lessons, so they're getting a little bit every day. And I'm always honest, we are not where we want to be, but we are doing some good things and we've got a lot of room to do more. So always looking for great partners to help us get to the next level. Mac, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Sure. Uh, As we noted, you're the CEO of the Renaissance West Community Initiative. So let's talk about uh, your organization a little bit. What, What is the mission of your organization? Well, thank you for that question. Um, as, as Kelly and uh, Principal Clark pointed out, um, we're in the community uh, working together to help families break cycles of intergenerational poverty. And how Renaissance West Community Initiative does that is through working through those three pillars that uh, Kelly pointed out. 
We have a mixed income housing. We have a cradle to college education pipeline. And then we use wraparound services to strengthen families and build a thriving community. And so we work uh, in those three pillars. The, the uh, housing is there. We work in the Renaissance community. We also work in the Little Rock community. And then we work with all the families that uh, attend, whose students attend the STEAM Academy. So we focus on uh, housing stability and helping families have what they need to stay in the housing. As you know, uh, or you may know, fighting that, that fight and, and, and trying to get out of poverty and stay out of poverty, one of the keys to that is, is having a place to be every night and, and having stability in your housing. And then uh, the cradle to uh, college education pipeline. As, as Principal Clark pointed out, the strategic weapon for breaking cycles of intergenerational poverty is education. And so um, we have on-site at our own child development center. Obviously we have the STEAM Academy and we have a lot of other educational partners that we bring into the community to fill out that pipeline. And we, uh, we focus on families and, and make sure that our families are there to take uh, advantage of those opportunities. And then we focus on wraparound services that strengthen our families and help them grow and build in ways that um, support them in their economic mobility journeys. How is it that the, that the agency came about? Can you give us a little bit of background on that? Sure, um, probably 10, 12 years ago, um, there's a group of concerned citizens. Actually, uh, they formed their own nonprofit called the Cornerstone Children's, Initi Children's Initiative. That's the Cornerstone Children's Initiative. And um, they um, were really intrigued about some work that was going on around the country, around um, um, uh, upward mobility, as well as education, specifically early childhood education. And that coalesced with the Charlotte Housing Authority uh, looking to get a grant to uh, renovate what used to be a neighborhood called Boulevard Homes. So those groups came together, they wrote a, a federal grant, they, they got that grant as part of that grant included our organization as a backbone or coordinating organization. And it also included something they called an education village. And so those things came together, some public private partnerships came in, a private builder came onto the scene, the city and the county came in and everybody just, you know, as we do in, in Charlotte, worked together to make that happen. The whole community is really quite beautiful. And there's just an aspirational feeling uh, when you're in the neighborhood. So I think overall it is certainly, speaking from a design perspective, I think it's been uh, very, very successful. Um, let me ask this question. Are you, are you happy with the part that the Academy is playing right now in your cradle to career initiative? Well, as I, as I talk with uh, Principal Clark and our friends at CMS, um, our success is tied to the STEAM Academy, that, um, that our community cannot be successful because our approach is anchored in education uh, it's a multi-generational approach. Uh, we, we serve our children in the community and we serve their families. So um, we're extremely ecstatic that CMS decided to partner with us and uh, we were able to uh, partner 
with our architects and design an incredible building that um, as, as Principal Clark pointed out is, is really second to none, state of the art um, and just um, a, a beacon in that community. One of the things that, that we, we talk about as far as the school is because of these partnerships that came into play, not only is that a hub for education in our community, but the vision for the school is to be the hub of the community. That is to be our community center. Um, Principal Clark and her team have made that a welcoming place for the community. And not only are we fulfilling our educational uh, objectives with the school, again, we've got some work to do there, but we're on the right track, but we're also uh, fulfilling a lot of our community objectives uh, with, with the school and that school building. That, that is such a great point that you share. Last year, pre-COVID, we had so many after-school activities. We had Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and uh, children in the kitchen. And it the school stayed alive when we finished at 3.30. We have an after-school program for scholars who need a late pickup. But then we started having so many scholars come to these after-school programs that we were almost as vibrant from 3.30 to 7 o'clock p.m. as we were from 8.30 to 3.30. And that was just being a community, not just a school and not just a neighborhood, but a community. It all happened together. And that was a beautiful feeling. I'm very excited about getting back there after this COVID thing is done. We're going to take a little break right now, but we'll be right back with our next guests. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked, plus the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. If the Renaissance West Steam uh, Academy building could talk, it would say, I love seeing my children working, playing, learning through this really light-filled, transparent uh, building environment. The ability to see learning take place uh, enhances my children's curiosity for learning. Uh, and its connectedness of learners in this building replicates the connectedness of the uh, connectivity throughout Ren West community as a whole. If the building could talk, I feel like it would say these children have so much talent and they have a lot going for them because even though we don't seem like it, we do. 
Thank you both. We just heard from our next guests. Tom Balky is an architect, a partner at Little, and is the studio principal for our school studio. And Amore Jennings is an eighth grader at Renaissance West Steam Academy. She plays multiple sports, is the camera woman for the newsroom, and oh, by the way, is also the student body president. Very impressive, Amore. But we're going to start. We're going to start with Tom. So, Tom, um, you were you led the design team for the project, and you designed several features in, into the school in response to the STEAM curriculum. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, one of the things that we did uh, was uh, in, in rethinking how media centers work, and uh, we worked on this with CMS, uh, and we brought into the media center uh, what we call uh, one of the uh, STEM labs or STEAM labs. Uh, and this was a place where a lot of different types of integrating learning could take place. Uh, and I have heard stories about uh, even events where they hatch chickens uh, in this uh, STEAM lab. And what's really neat is it's transparent so that as, as kids are walking through the corridors of the building, they can see what's happening and they can be excited about it, even if they aren't participating in it. Uh, and then when they see these things happening, then they want to become part of it. And, and that's one of the things we've done with uh, Ren West is, is to try and make it a really transparent building uh, that students could be curious about what's going on. The slope of the land allowed you to design a unique stair that's used as a kind of gathering and teaching space. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, I tell you, when we first looked at it, the site looked pretty flat. And then when we got into it, we realized there was about a 40-foot fall from front to back. <laughs> and uh, so we ended up uh, having the building you entered at what I'll call the, the main level, which was really the second floor. And then when you enter into the main lobby area, you have this beautiful view out to the woods across the play fields. And it descends down into this large amphitheater-style uh, arena, so to speak, uh, that kids and, and people could come together. They could present... Uh, projects. They could have community meetings there. They could have grade level meetings. Uh, so designed to be a really highly interactive place that was really a product of what the site gave us. Principal Clark told us about some of the after school activities. And so I guess there are times when the large parts of the of the school might be used for those. But you also have enabled uh, community functions later on in the evening. Uh, how have you accommodated those? Yeah, one of the things that uh, we did is we, we do what we call zoning the building so that some of the primary assembly spaces, such as the multi-purpose room, which has a, a small stage in it, uh, or the gymnasium, can be accessed by people in the community without necessarily getting into the rest of the building. Uh, and that's, that's a, a key part of making this truly part of the whole community for community use for all of community. The building achieved LEED Silver certification. So you're able to reduce water usage, lower the amount of energy that was used, reduce construction waste. You used regional materials and you increased the use of recycled materials. How do you use that certification as a teaching tool? Well, first of all, you know, as part of a STEAM Academy, isn't that great that we're talking about a lot of these things that are engineering and uh, science and, and, and art as well, right? You know, you think about daylighting ability with building, which is part of sustainability. You know, there's an art to that. 
Um, but another thing that we were able to do, we also partnered with CMS uh, to create what they call building as a learning tool. And we developed an environmental graphics uh, design that is implemented throughout the building that one celebrates the lead uh, certification uh, through graphic elements, but then also throughout the building that we've created exhibits um, that uh, communicate to the learners, to the students, what some of these sustainable features are, you know, how we're conserving water at, at you know, uh, hand wash sinks as, as an example, or how many steps am I taking going up and down the stairs to help with health and wellness. So things like that were incorporated into it. And, and that was kind of a pilot project for Charlotte Mecklenburg schools to celebrate Ren West. And that's interesting because reinforcement of messages, including mm -hmm. company missions, is now used quite a bit, especially in the workplace. So I think it's um, really very nice that you were able to incorporate it, that into the school environment as well. Absolutely. Thanks, Tom. So um, I'm going to turn it back over to Kelly, and she's going to chat some with Amore, and we'd like to have Principal Clark join that conversation as well. Kelly? Thanks for joining us, Amore. It sounds like based on what Principal Clark and <laughs> Tom and Mac have talked about, you get to go to such an amazing place to learn. And I know that that has changed over the past couple of months with not being able to necessarily go into the school every day. But you've been there since, since the school opened four years ago. How do you like it? Well, I kind of don't like it. I love it because, you know, I've been there for so long. <laughs> Um, the teachers, I love them. The students, you know, we have our tough times, but, you know, we get through them. You know, we all got to come together as one and still graduate from middle school. So, you know, I mean, the oldest in the school. So, sure. yeah. And this is our first eighth grade class. We ramped up each year. So Amori joined us in the fifth grade and she's been a part of the new class every year. Wow, that's impressive. So <laughs> speaking of eighth grade and kind of graduating eighth grade, you've of course have high school next, but what's your plan after high school? Do you plan on college or are you hoping to do something different? What's What, what do you have on your agenda? Well, I'm planning to go to college to get my doctorate's degree in arts. And I wanna be an architect. So, you know, I gotta do a lot of things to become one. And I also want to study in something else, but I'm not sure what it is. I just know I want to have at least a master's degree in something else. Well, being at a STEAM school certainly supports your goal of, of becoming an architect. What's your, what's your favorite subject? What do, you like to, what do you look forward to every day in terms of your classes? Well, my favorite subject is math. I really like math. And then my second one is science. What do you like so much about those? Because I can't say the same for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, math, I just feel it's a connection between me and math. I don't know what it is. I just really like it. I guess it's because of my teachers. Every teacher I had, they done pushed me to be the best I could in those subjects. So I guess that's why they're my favorite. And here at Renaissance West, I find it more so than in any other school I've worked in, the value of having strong teachers. Um, Amori has been very fortunate that she's had four consecutive years of a very strong math teacher. That makes a big difference. 
um, someone who is as more as a Moriarty says, very structured and disciplined, um, but very knowledgeable in their field, and that that serves our students very well. Principal Clark, you, Amore started her, uh, if buildings could talk, she said something to the effect of we are smart and we belong here, whether people know it or not. Um, I want to I want to talk a little bit about that. You mentioned that in, in our prior conversations, the fact that this school has done some tremendous things mm -hmm. for the students that are going there. Um, one of the things is being able to increase their test scores. And I know they're not quite where you want them to be, but tell, tell us how that has been happening and what that looks like. Our scholars aren't anywhere close to where they can be, where they should be. Um, I've been here for a year and a half. And when I came, of course, you look at the data, you understand uh, the demographic of your school and, and what's been going on. And when I arrived, we were at 17% literacy. So that means out of every 100 children, 83 of them are not on grade level for reading. That, that's a stab in the gut. But when you talk to our children, they can talk in beautiful, eloquent paragraphs about their feelings, their thoughts, their analysis of information. So it's a, it's a case of what I've often termed as undereducation. It's not that our students are incapable of learning. They have not had the resources and the quality educators that they need to be successful. So when people see or hear about Renaissance West, they look at us as one of the highest poverty schools in um, property schools in the district. They look at our um, proficiency scores on reading and math. <laughs> they look at our neighborhood that we built over Boulevard Homes in the West Corridor, and they have a perception of what those children are like. But when you come here and see the passion that they have, and, and I say this, and I say it in love, you put one of our scholars with a great teacher, you're going to wind up with a great scholar because the potential is clearly there. And we just needed to work with folk like Mac who put things in place for them to come in the six and a half hours at school and focus on school. So they aren't worried about what am I, what am I going to eat tonight? They're not worried about, am I gonna have a home to go to? They're not worried about if the lights are going to be on, but they're worried about, do I have the right books to take home and read tonight? Do I understand my assignments? And that's, that's what every educator asks for, just a level playing field that we can give our scholars what they need to be as successful as anyone else in the city and in this in the United States. Well, I haven't known Amore for very long, but I have a feeling if she is the example of what is happening there at Renaissance STEAM Academy, then you are, are going to be in great shape, already are in great shape. Um, <laughs> Amore, you talked, you told me the other day that you live close by to the school. And of course, Mac has talked about how this is such the school is such an integral part of the community and that it really is kind of this, the heart of it. How, how, what is that like to know that you are, are right there at the school, you're able to just walk over with your friends and you know that you're surrounded by such love and support within the community? Well, I like it because, you know, if I wanted to go to like a game, I just can walk to the school and support my friends if I'm not playing that sport. And, you know, the school being in our neighborhood, it's more easy for everybody, not just myself, but since all we had to do is walk to the school, it's easy for parents that have jobs late or really early in the morning. So, you know, that kind of helps. 
And I look at the fun, it makes me smile when after a practice, you see a group of kids all walking home and home is mostly all in the same place and they wait for each other and they support one another. Even on the weekends, I'll see the same group of kids walking down the street that were the same group that walked home from the basketball game. Yeah, we play basketball behind the school a lot. <laughs> what other, you, I, you obviously are, are um, very good at sports. What other activities do you enjoy outside of sports? Well, I like to draw a lot, and I like to paint, you know, I'm more around the arts, and I like writing, too. I like writing, and I, I read books time to time. I wouldn't say I read them a lot, but, you know, once I have a book that draws my attention, I, like, read it a lot, and then, you know, I watch anime a lot, too, so. I wonder... This seems like such a really great initiative, the Renaissance West Community Initiative. Is this being looked at across Charlotte as something to try to model for other areas of Charlotte to help with upward mobility and that kind of thing? Part of the process of the um, of of bringing this community together, that group of of citizens, uh, the original Cornerstone Children's Initiative actually looked at these models for community revitalization. And they chose a model out of Atlanta uh, that became purpose-built communities. And so that's where those three pillars come from. And we're the only purpose-built community in Charlotte, but uh, there's a lot of other community quarterback organizations, but there are now two purpose-built communities in North Carolina and, and a community in uh, South Carolina. And part of that, and, and, and Principal Clark is being really modest, she's uh, implementing this education model that's partially based on uh, what's going on in Atlanta. They had this Drew Charter School that was one of the worst performing schools in the state of Georgia that is now one of the best schools uh, in Atlanta with near 100% graduation rates, with near um, all of the children uh, qualifying for scholarships and going to college. And so we're in the very early stages, but she's putting the building blocks together so that we have that kind of success for our children. And so that's what it's really, it's really based on that model. And, but to answer your question, we're the only purpose-built community, but there are other community quarterbacks in Charlotte. And I will add to that, and I'll make it a bit of a love fest, Mac, because we cannot do the work we do without Mac and his team. Um, what separates us from a traditional Charlotte Mecklenburg school is the additional resources we have. We have an intervention lab for math, for literacy, and for science. These are positions that the district doesn't offer us. So these are fundraising efforts that Mac and his team put in place for us. What made uh, Drew Charter in Atlanta so successful in the lower grades, K through three, is that they had two adults in every classroom. So the teacher got to do the instruction, then there was another adult to help with small groups. State of North Carolina does not provide those kinds of, that, that number of teacher aides in the school system. We lean into MAC and MAC fundraises for us to provide that. We lean in for support to bring in the quality educators because it's not just, and, and I say this and I, I don't mean to offend anyone, but this is not a school where just anybody can come in and teach and be successful. 
You really have to know your craft because it's the basics of your craft. Um, you really have to understand the foundational skills all the way up to uh, the, the top of the Bloom's taxonomy. But you also have to have a passion of working even harder than you think. I worked at West Charlotte High School. I worked at Dilworth Elementary, Alexander Graham Middle, uh, Sedgefield. So I've been in a number of schools in the district and I've always said this one is hard. This one is hard. Renaissance West brings all of that work together. You're trying to recruit top-notch talent because folks like Amari with all that potential, I can't sleep at night knowing that Amari doesn't have a great science teacher, Amari doesn't have a wonderful social studies or math or literacy teacher. So what would make someone who's really good at their job come to Renaissance West and work 14 hours a day, Monday through Saturday and probably take summer Sunday? Um, but you have to have that inside you. Um, so that that's the love fest. Mac understands that. When I push for Mac, I need, I need, I need. Mac says, okay, give me a minute. I'm going to make it happen. And that's something that other schools don't have. And, and I'm going to underscore that and say that I am grateful that we are a purpose-built community and part of, of this um, uh, Cornerstone Children's Initiative. But I don't want people to walk away and say, oh, they're done. They're up and running. Because as Max said, we're just getting started. So we have wonderful funding for those three intervention positions, but we need more. Um, I need my teachers who work this hard to know that they're appreciated and they're not just treated like any other teacher in the district. And because we're in this uh, community where the economic level is low, I worked in other schools where the PTSA would provide $100,000 a year for discretionary use in the school. We just formed a PTSA this year. So I'm, I'm saying that not as, as a way of saying, oh, oh you know, I'm, I'm begging, come help us. But I want you to know that we are here doing the good work and we still need the support of the entire community to make this work. Don't go try to replicate what we've already started before you finish doing a great job that's worth replicating. I love the passion. Let, yes. Let's let's wrap up on that. Kelly, any final thoughts about our conversation today? I feel like Renaissance West STEAM Academy puts such a tremendous spotlight on what can be done. Really, if we work together and to positively impact a traditionally underserved and underrepresented populace within our community. And I know there is still work to be done as Principal Clark said, but this school is without a doubt creating opportunities towards upward mobility and social equity. And that is exactly the positive impact on people's lives that I love highlighting in this podcast. All right, Kelly, if the Renaissance West STEAM Academy could talk, what would it say? I think it would say I represent hope and instill in students the belief that their lives and their education truly matter. And, you know, I like to approach this as what would the building sing since all of our buildings have a song in their heart, but I'm disappointed to say that I thought and thought and thought and I looked and looked and looked and I just couldn't find a song that I felt was going to be appropriate. However, improvisation is a part of, it's a part of life. Improvisation is a part of science and technology, engineering, uh, 
the arts or even math. So I had to improvise. So I wrote my own. I kind of took my inspiration from the musical Hamilton. So here goes. They are just students when they enter this school, but they transform into scholars and that's really cool. They now know a bright future is a possibility and we encourage the belief it is a probability. And they pick up steam along the way. Yeah, they pick up steam along the way. Thanks for listening to If Buildings... Hang on, before I, before I do that, uh, I wanted to say that um, maybe if you don't have a school song at the academy, this could be the seed for your song. And Amore, you and your fellow students could develop this a little bit, and then you could invite us out to see the first time you perform it. Amore, the appropriate response is duly noted. <laughs> she, 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 she is dying over this song, I can tell. She's like, for real? Amore, I feel like, like I feel the like neck you, action you had. Yes. Amore, I feel like you could add, you could, you could maybe add a, a beat or something to help him out a little bit. A rap opera is in the world. That's right. <laughs> Kelly and I would like to thank our guests, Principal Stacy Clark, Mac McDonald, Tom Balky, and Amore Jennings, our sponsor, Ortho Carolina. Brian Baltasevich and his team at Queen City Podcast Network, and Heather McQuilkin, our Chief of Staff at Little, who provides the secret sauce to make this podcast happen. Thanks for listening to If Buildings Could Talk, and we'll look forward to having you join us for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>